0: You watch Bob's Burgers, right? No, i never seen it.
1: Oh Well, I was singing this song earlier because... Pass the cranberry sauce. We're having mashed potatoes. Ooh, the turkey looks great. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being there. Thank you for loving me. Everyone's thinking. The whole world's thinking you killed the turkey.
0: Happy Thanksgiving. Are you singing that to me? Uh-huh. Or just in general? known to you, specifically. Oh. And Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be so creeped out and never listen to us again. <laughs> Hi,
1: I'm Olivia. And I'm Kelly. And this is a Court of Theories podcast where we deep dive all things
0: Acatar, Throne of Gloss, and Crescent City. This podcast contains spoilers. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, We're clearly recording this ahead of time. (laughs) (laughs) But we didn't want to leave you high and dry for Thanksgiving. uh, Not on a Thursday. When you're going to have to probably be with your family and you're definitely going to need a reason to get away. Yep.
1: And number one, it's okay if you're not married. It's okay if you don't have babies and you're doing great. Regardless of whatever your grandma said today.
0: Unless you're a serial killer, then maybe stop. Yeah. Otherwise, you're doing great. You're doing
1: great. You're doing great. You know what? Not here to pass judgment. <laughs> maybe you have a good reason. Yeah. You know what? I, I have a list. It's- I was rooting for Dexter. Uh, so is Casey. Always. There you go. And you know what? And you're probably a really good looking serial killer. Like Ted Bundy. What? Too far. He was a stud.
0: Too far. Still a
1: stud. He had gray hair. Shouldn't have drove that yellow beetle. Also, what did he ever do with that front seat?
0: Where'd it go? I don't know. Can we please stop, start
1: talking about our podcast instead of... Oh, instead of Ted Bundy? Too far. Oh. That's not our podcast? Oh. I listen to a lot of those. But anyways, happy Thanksgiving. Welcome. And um, hopefully your belly's full and you're happy and you haven't had to, like, yell at any family members.
0: Or punch a racist uncle. Oh.
1: Uh, you know what? We hope you didn't have to. We hope you didn't have to. But if you had to, good job. We're proud of you. Always proud of you. But yeah, we're excited. It's Thanksgiving. We're spending it together. <laughs> no, we're not. Olivia did not <laughs> She did not want to hang out with me on Thanksgiving. Also, just to, before we follow up, because from whenever you listen to this episode to the next episode, um, last episode was Liv's birthday. Hope you had a great birthday. Hope it was solid. but I
0: don't know yet. I don't know know
1: yet. We'll see. Um, But happy birthday to our gal pal, forever and ever, who is a driving force in this show, whether she realizes it or not, Emily's Theories. Oh, shit. I thought it was about me. (laughs) You had one episode. When's her birthday? According to Reddit, November 28th. She could have lied. I thought, wow, you're
0: calling me a driving force? I'm so excited. (laughs) Damn. I just don't know it. it was too good to be true.
1: You know what? If that's what you need to take with Thanksgiving. Happy
0: birthday, Emily.
1: Yeah. Happy birthday, Emily. Olivia is
0: del- Delulu. Hoping to yeah have half the influence on this podcast that you do someday. We'll see. I just found a real good post that helps solidify our theories from our last episode. We have to save it. We'll save it. We'll save it's it. f effing good. We'll save it. Because we need to... Yeah, keep going.
1: Okay. Because that'll just... We need the Thanksgiving episode to just be light, given the how we ended our last episode. Uh-huh. And so in that, I have a pretty good little tidbit thing that has a straight line of light. As far as Bryce Quinlan's true powers. Okay. Hit it. All right. As far as a light, of course, we've got happy birthday, Emily, because you bet, you bet I'm going to use some of your wonderful shit today. So thank you for loving us. Thank you for being there. Kill the turkey. So Bryce Quinlan's true powers, a theory by none other than Amy slash Emily's theories. So towards the end of the First Crescent City, we witness Bryce make the drop. Okay. We've all know it. We've all heard it. We've all seen it. We've talked about it a lot. During this process, Bryce chooses to live. She uses the power from the gates to shed her mortal body to then emerge as an immortal. She also uses Danica um, as an anchor, something thought to be otherwise impossible because Danica's dead. We're not. Neither one of us are really sad about that. Not really. I feel like that's not a popular opinion, but it's our opinion and we're going to stand by it. When offering an explanation for this, we are simply told, through love, all is possible. Ugh. Okay, Anyways. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, you all heard a few episodes ago how we felt. Also, so this is very parallel to towards the end of Kingdom of Ash, Aelin gives her life to close the gate. But instead, she chooses to live. Selfish brat. Anyways. <laughs> you know what? No, I'm not going to say it because Roelin is... That's my couple skulls. God, they bite each other and punch each other in the face. <laughs> um, so as a result, she sheds her mortal body and can no longer shift into her human form. And she emerges as an immortal. Aelin gained the courage to do this because she loved her kingdom. And in this moment, Aelin made the drop. Which we know she waved at, you know, Reese and Pharah. Um. Um which was like definite foreshadowing for pregnant little Farah, But anyways, so Aylin's anchor was created by Rowan as he tattooed word marks on her back that allowed her to grab a hold of a tether and plunge back to life. Danica also tattooed word marks on Bryce's back, unknowingly, anyways, which is likely how Bryce made the drop. Similarly, at the end of Amaranthus' trial, Pharaoh was killed, but she chose to live. She shed her mortal body and again used the tattoo inked on her skin due to her bargain with Reese that created a tether back to life for her to grab onto, and she emerged as immortal. The motif of love was once again shown as it was the answer to Amaranth's curse, and Feyre made the drop because the answer to the riddle is love. When Pharaoh was resurrected, she was given a drop of power from the seven high lords. Similarly, when Bryce was resurrected, she was given a drop of power from every single being who had ever donated to the gates in Midgard.
0: Yeah, I'm obsessed with that. I feel like that's going to come into play. I hope it does.
1: I mean, before Pharaoh learnt, learnt? I don't know why I like enunciated that so hard before Pharaoh learned how to harness and wield the power that the high Lords gave her. She could feel it accumulating inside of her. And it even says, even that thrumming power in my veins had vanished burrowing somewhere in my bones. Bryce says the same thing that she could feel a quote cloud of power inside of her, but she can't yet access it. She says, I can feel it like this giant cloud of power right there. But what if she could? What if, just like Feyre, Bryce learned how to wield the kernels of power given to her by the citizens of Midgard? We already have evidence that is indeed possible. When Bryce is completing the drop, she could feel her power shifting between all the different gifts. She even uses a mighty tail to thrust upwards and grew vast wings to soar higher. And it says in the text, her power shifted, dancing between forms and gifts. She thrust upward with a push of a mighty tail, twisted and rose with a sweep of vast wings. She was all things and yet herself. Thus, if Bryce unlocks this power inside of her, she could quite literally possess the power of every magical creature on Midgard. She would be house of earth and blood, sky and breath, flame and shadow, and many waters. She would be all houses all at once. And given that Midgard hosts beings from multiple different planets, Bryce would embody every magical creature across the entire universe. Perhaps that is what the CC3 cover is trying to depict. The woman on this cover has fur, a shifter, iron teeth claws, a witch, devil horns, a demon, and the markings of all the courts of Prithian along her arm. Spring, autumn, winter, summer, day, night, dawn, and dusk powers. She is everything all at once. This could also explain why Apollyon, the seventh and mightiest prince of hell, wants Bryce to become accustomed to her powers. He wants a, quote, worthy opponent and insists on facing Bryce at her, quote, full power. The prince of the pit wants a worthy opponent this time, one who will not break so easily as Prince Peleus did so long ago. He insists on facing you, Starborn, at your full power. But this alone suggests that Bryce, at her full power, is an equal match for Apollyon, arguably the most formidable force in the SJM universe. Bryce is unfathomably powerful, and she doesn't even know it yet. The only way to describe <laughs> the only way to describe Bryce's power is that of a god. Given that the eight-pointed star glows on her chest, the symbol of the gods, perhaps there's merit to this thought after all. Besides the characters in the throne of glass world describes gods as almighty beings from another world. Now that Bryce has entered Prithian, this definition rings true. And also somebody commented at the bottom that literally said, I'm here waiting for her to freaking shapeshift." And someone re- responded a true wolf. Mm-hmm. So then this also follows up with 12 days ago, Happy birthday, Emmy, because we got another one from you. That is a very nice follow up to that because it's the important of Bryce's star. So in House of Sky and Breath, Regalia states that the star on Bryce's chest is a beacon true tr- to the true homeworld of the Fae, Prithian. It is said that this very star can lead people back to the world. And it says the star on your chest. Do you know what it is? It's a beacon to the world from which the Fae originally came. Huh? 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 In the Throne of Glass, SJM also uses the word beacon to describe the Lord of the North and its constellation in the sky. It is said that if you look up in the sky and find the Lord of the North constellation, you will always find your way home to Terracen. The Lord of the North. So the people of Terracen will always know how to find their way home. So they can look up in the sky no matter where they are and know Terrisson is forever with them. And then also in another text, she couldn't find the Lord of the North, her beacon home. Emily goes on to say that she believes that the star in Bryce's chest and the Lord of the North constellation serve the same purpose. The Lord of the North guides Aelin and her people back home to Terrisson, and Bryce's star guides her people back home to Perithian to the Dust Court. And... A rather poetic foreshadowing of this, in Silver Flames, we are told that the prison island, the Dusk Court, appears to be abandoned, which we have talked about time and time and time and time again. However, it's also said that something great once existed on the island and then vanished, that the island still waited for it to return, which we have talked about time and time and time and time and time again. And then in Earth and Blood, Bryce is specifically walking through a garden during twilight, which is another word for dusk. And she does this, the flowers around her start to open and the ferns begin to unfurl. Hunt remarks that it's as if the garden seemed to, quote, awaken for her. Bryce possesses Thea's exact starlight, the light of the starborn queen who ruled the prison island, the Dusk Court. The very island that has been waiting for its people to return. Thus, believing that when Bryce steps foot on that island, it will finally awaken and bloom. And the Dusk courts queen will be home once again. Especially as a queen, her having the powers of basically every being that exists in Midgard. Someone replied with, and when Aelin returns home, so do the king's flames begin to bloom again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When the realm is truly at peace. Someone said, I honestly wouldn't hate this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone says, I think that makes more sense because Rune is said to be the last of the Crescent City Fae line. He will be the start of a new line in the dust court. And then they're saying that they don't believe that Bryce would leave Crescent City to stay in Perthian forever because she just has so much to go back home to, including her mom and Randall. And then, I mean, she just dropped Emile on their front porch and was like new fishing buddy Randall forgot about that
0: kid something's gonna happen with him
1: oh yeah well we've kind of talked about him a little bit I definitely think it might be like another like alien thing where his powers are just like really repressed like he had to basically I think that Sophie didn't really force him to shove them down but to
0: protect him again just another parallel what's up (laughs) you're like we're gonna talk about something totally different you know how I said like a couple weeks ago. Like what if Bryce and Rune's starborn power came from their moms?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then the last episode we talked about Bryce being a descendant of Thea and Adis. Mm-hmm. I found a flow chart. This person just proved me right on both points. Mm-hmm. Would you like to see? Yeah. This is regular underscore main four six zero zero four months ago. This is cross-posted, but it's the same person both places. Okay. I was just making sure they weren't like sharing it from someone else. This is the person's post that I'm giving credit to. Oh, okay. What is Bryce's lineage? Something had always bothered me about Bryce's lineage. Her starborn powers are so vastly different to runes, although they supposedly share the same starborn line via their shared father, Einar Dannon, the Autumn King. Mm-hmm. You could argue that the difference could be that Rune's mother, Lauren Donnell, is also a starborn bloodline, the Donnell line. But if this were the only reason you'd expect Rune to have more starborn power than Bryce, not less. Mm -hmm. I think there is an explanation. And it's that Bryce has more starborn bloodline ties than she is aware of. And it comes from her mother's side, Ember Quinlan. I also think that Ember, and therefore Bryce, is not only a descendant of Queen Thea, but also Prince Atis. And it looks like this. And here's a flow chart. Prince Atis and Queen Thea came together to have a child, an unnamed Quinlan. Queen Thea, I think, did I say, I don't know what I said. Queen Thea also had other children, Princess Helena and an unnamed princess. Princess Helena had a child with Peleus. And this is where the bloodline is corrupted. It says (laughs) Thea's bloodline goes two ways. It goes with Atis, and it goes the other way with what's his face, where she has Helena Theon. and an unnamed princess. Yeah. Helena has Peleus. Mm-hmm. Helena and Peleus together have multiple children. We don't know. Essentially, it comes down to this Amber Quinlan is an uncorrupted, she's a pure bloodline of Thea. Uh huh. But because Helena was with Peleus, it got corrupted on the other side. And that's the Donalds and then the Dannons. So Ember Quinlan, who's pure, and Einar Dannon to came together and had Bryce. And then Einar Dannon with Lauren Donnell had Rune Dannon. We've talked about this before because. Yeah.
1: We we definitely I, talked yeah. about a variation of this. I was going to say, before. because we, the
0: episode where I was like, it came from the moms, we were like, I read the part where the Autumn King says that. Like, rune essentially is like you bred her and sent her out to pasture es- essentially and the autumn kings you've benefited very well from that breeding so it makes it sound like they know what's up essentially yeah so then it says here's some more explanations it gets
1: good you ready okay i'm ready
0: it gets even <gasps> <gasps> i'm so good at this yeah. if only i had a harness we find out in Earth and Blood that Adis and Thea were lovers, and from the terminology used by Adas when referring to Thea, quote, I shall never forget the exact shine and hue of Thea's light. It is still a song in my blood. That's in the epilogue of Earth and Blood.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We could even be led that they were more than lovers and potentially mates. Either way, it is entirely possible that Thea had a child with Aedas during her time on Midgard with him. And the descendant of that child is Ember So this is with the assumption that they had a child together. Okay, okay. Which, again, explains his special interest in Bryce for seemingly a reason. Why does he show up to comfort her when she's crying outside of an oracle? Random? Like, weird? Wh- Why does he care? Also,
1: were you watching the whole time? Were you observing and then you were like, oh, that didn't go well. And then also you're kind of nosy. I don't know. Here we go.
0: Here it gets good. You ready? You ready? I- ready? I'm buckled up. There are many clues throughout the series that point to this. And here are the ones I've picked up on. Number one, the name Quinlan comes from the old Gaelic name. I'm going to butcher the shit out of this. O Conlian, which means descendant of Conlian. This directly translates to descendant of, of the slender. Okay. You're like, whatever. We know SJM picks her words very carefully with meaning. When Adis first appears in earth and blood, when Bryce summons him, the first descriptive word used about him is slender. Shut up. Bryce says, quote, this slender, pale skinned, pretty boy. Okay. It gets better. Cause,
1: Cause we have talked about the origin of some of their names before. Like I have, I've mentioned like Quinlan, but not, I mean, we talked about slender, which we were like, that doesn't describe Bryce, but
0: it, effect- okay, go on. It gets so much better. Okay. That was the tip of the iceberg. Oh, great. Oh, goody. Quinn from Quinlan is Latin for five slash fifth and Adis occupies the fifth level of hell. Okay. Ember was described as a vessel for Kathona. Remember in earth and blood when pregnant with Bryce in Greek, Kathona means the underworld. AKA hell. I'm not fucking kidding. Ember appears to know her lineage and that she would be protected by the priestesses in the temple in Corinth before she flees the autumn King after finding out she's pregnant. Refer to this statement again, this would explain why the autumn King was even interested in her to begin with. Cause we're like, what's he doing with a human if he's so disgusted by Bryce supposedly. Right. Then, like, what, why was he with her? And okay? he, like, openly stated that he would have
1: loved he her and married stayed with her. Where the, yes, yes. Which is very much not the vibe.
0: Yeah. So, Ember appears to know of her lineage and that she would be protected by the priestesses in the Temple of Corinth Corn-inth, before she flees the Autumn King after finding out she's pregnant. Refer to this statement from Bryce. Quote, She wound up at a temple to Cathona in Corinth and knew the priestesses there would take her in, shield her since she was a holy, pregnant vessel or whatever. God. So my sister started Akatar, and I was like, anytime she says, anytime she brushes something off or is like, nobody knows, but nobody remembers. It seems to be lost in history or whatever. I'm like, that shit's important.
1: Yeah. No, look at me.
0: It's just filler. She... (laughs) Knew the priestesses would protect her not because of her baby's paternal bloodline, but because of her own bloodline. Yeah. Ember wears a pendant called the Embrace, okay. which signifies Solus and Kathona. Solus referring to the sun. If Kathona is symbolism of hell and Solus symbolizes for a sun, i.e., a star, then it could actually depict the lover's embrace of Adas, the prince of hell, and Thea, the starborn queen. here we go this is just more there's more i mean that that was that was the beat drop okay i mean but that's why i was
1: like hold on i gotta pick myself up
0: that was the beat drop aside from the above points adis appears to take a particular interest in bryce we've just talked about this after bryce has a traumatic visit from the oracle when she's 13 Adis appears in the form of a cat to console a heartbroken slash scared Bryce. Would this not be a very odd thing for a prince of hell to do if he were not personally invested in Bryce? His mannerisms with Bryce are rather familial throughout the series. And there are a few interactions where this has been mentioned. Refer mm-hmm. to this comment from Hunt when Ada's having a claim about ha- having a claim on Bryce when Adis appears in Bryce's apartment. Hello, Princess. This is Ada speaking to Bryce Hunt's blood chilled. The demon prince purred the words with such intent, such delight, like he had some sort of claim on her mm-hmm. earth and blood, uh, sky and breath. Chapter 15. First for I'm just kidding. Um, yes. <laughs> later in the same chapter, Hunt expresses his anger towards Ada's Atis over Ada's possessive choice of term towards Bryce. Through my lovely Bryce and the horn on her back, Hunt suppressed a growl at the word, my, as all of them looked at her. So he's like speaking of her. Atus does make it clear that Peleus' corrupted blood runs through both Bryce and Rune, and this would point towards the bloodline shared from the Autumn King. The Autumn King is on the corrupted side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's how Bryce would get it. Quote, Peleus' craven blood runs through both of your veins. Sky and Breath, chapter 15. I know there will be some people who wouldn't like the idea of Bryce's parents sharing the same distant relative and blah, blah, blah. I'd point out that the ancestor was from 15,000 years ago. Might still give you the ick, but I will also say, do not recommend looking up how far your own common ancestors go. (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) Even the name, which we've talked about the name Ember Mm -hmm. to begin with. Mm -hmm. Even the name Ember could hold a small clue. The etymology of the name means spark or burning low. This mm-hmm. could signify the kernel slash spark of power held in Ember, which then ignites in Bryce. This would be because Bryce happens to be the first phase since the bloodline began, which ignited the power. Okay.
1: Okay, which is would mean that Ember, I'm is done. part of the human phase light.
0: Yeah, and the, runs through yeah a human line, mm-hmm. which is not outrageous to assume that the Archeron sisters could also be part of the human line because that branches like forever like there's not been incest for 15,000 years until Bryce is born
1: and also the fact that they were humans before they were made but then also as I keep saying in pretty much every fucking episode that Nesta had something more to her Farrah's old name
0: that she had and And that Archeron is like a name of a river in the underworld yes didn't we come across yes okay there we go yes I'm just saying I'm just saying all right I got a little bit more. It's all coming together. We- Gronk <laughs> the plan, the plan. Yeah. It's all coming together. Yeah, I knew exactly, but I couldn't think of another <laughs> quote. Okay, here we go. We may have also been given a little clue, Easter egg, that Ember is a descendant from Thea in another of SJM series in Akawar, When Fae goes to the Bone Cover, he talks of a female Fae warrior who would have been his salvation. I believe that the Fae warrior was Queen Thea and his salvation would have been his means to return home with the help of Thea and her ability to open gates with the horn and harp. The bone carver's only wish was to return home and be saved from the wrath of his siblings. He mentions that the warrior's bloodline has a trace through a human line, quote, through, though a trace still runs through some human line. That's in Akawar chapter 23. It's been speculated that this human line was the Archeron. See, we just talked about this. I hadn't read it yet. Yeah. However, as we know that Thea was once of the world of Prithian before she went to Midgard, to see my next part for more info. I believe that the bone carver is actually referring to the Quinlan line. In the same chapter, he goes on to say about the Fae warrior, which I think it could be both. I think there's no reason that it couldn't be both. Even like crossing over from both sides at the same
1: time, not even one or the other. Okay. That
0: would be if we're saying that Asriel and Bryce came from the same like common ancestor again, like 15,000 years ago. How did they, how did one end up in each place?
1: Because time is only a construct that we have made up and nothing is real. There you go. There we go.
0: Join us on our new podcast, The End of the World. (laughs) (laughs) We're all going to (laughs) die. It's been speculated that this line was the arch blah, blah, blah. Uh, However, as we know that Thea was once of the world of Prithian before she went to Midgard, I believe that the bone carver was talking about the Quinlan line. In the same chapter, he goes on to say about the Fae warrior, no one remembers her name, but I do. That's the bone carver telling to favor that mm-hmm. this also aligns with the rec- record record, with the record of Thea <laughs> being wiped <laughs> on their from- podcast. Yeah. The- <laughs> Jesus. This also aligns with history of Thea being wiped from history in Midgard. Uh-huh. Ada states, quote, the Asteri fed their lies to your ancestors, made the scholars and philosophers write down their version of events under penalty of death, erased Thea from the record. Sky and Breath, chapter 15. Verse seven. Bone Carver is an old god with the power of divination and can see what is happening everywhere at all times. It is not out of the realm of possibility that could he, that he could be aware of the bloodline running through humans on Midgard. Absolutely, and also to follow up with
1: that, in front of me right now is Happy Birthday, Emmy is another one, and I have had this tab open live for weeks. So she posted this about two months ago, and so it has a, and then in parentheses, crack theory about Jezeba, Adis, and Apollyon, and it kind of flows along with some of the stuff that you just talked about with the bone carver. Are you ready? Are you ready for my follow-up with you? We are really vibing and jiving today, really vibing and jiving. Okay. We, you know what? If we were really, if this was a record on Thanksgiving We would clearly have not eaten our turkey yet because we are wide the fuck awake. Okay. (laughs) So, this theory involves time manipulation, time differences, because time is a construct, nothing is real. Mm -hmm. Okay. As well as necromancy and reincarnation, which we have talked about a lot. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're standing, reduce,
0: reuse, recycle reincarnate Reincarnate.
1: Where stands for it. Emily says that this could be unfounded and a little unhinged. I'm never going to actually think that anything that comes from her is going to be like that unhinged. Um, I saw some
0: comment the other day on one of her videos. And this person was like, I love your theories, but they make me feel like I have a smooth brain. I cannot believe we've read the same books. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, I get it. I get it. She pulls them out of those deep folds. I know. That's amazing.
1: She has Jezebel, equals Striga the weaver Striga was an immortal hoarder and kept important items and artifacts stashed in her house and Jezeba essentially does the same thing at Griffin Antiquities oh my god
0: you're saying Jezeba from Crescent City I thought you were talking about Lucian's lover Jesminda, at first I was like what <laughs> No, Okay. I'm with you. Keep going.
1: I I literally said a crack theory about Jezeba, Adis, and Apollyon. I'm just... Not Jesminda. She's dead. Keep going. Okay. Okay. I was just really confused. Mm Nope. Okay. Okay. Are we good now? I'm good. I'm with you. Griffin Antiquities Jezeba. Okay. 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 She's a hoarder. Striga was almost certainly Vogue. Bled.
0: Black blood. We saw that in Ak War.
1: jezeba said.
0: Jezeba, she's a witch who left her clan. No, Stryga. No, Jessica's a witch who left her clan. I'm just saying. So she also would bleed a different color blood. That's all I'm saying. Keep going. Okay. Hey, what if she's one of the Volg witch babies from Throne of Glass? She wouldn't be Dorian and Manon, but. No. No, because Manon, she didn't get the Vogue baby. Remember the Vogue were like, we want to knock up some of these witches and see what happens. And some of the witches were like volunteering for that shit. Oh, everybody's Oh, what happened to those babies? Jezebel. Jezebel.
1: Okay. So Jezeba is said to have the voice of a reaper and swore herself to house of flame and shadow, which is basically the house of the Vogue. In folklore, Striga or Striga is a witch. And as you said, Shut up! Jezebel is a witch. Hell yeah! When Reese made a bargain with Stryga, the resulting tattoo was of a crescent moon. Shut up! <laughs> I've been sitting on this for so long. The cauldron seems to be a portal slash word gate that you go through after death, as that's where Amryn and Reese were fished out from, and we could also say that if we want to go along with our drop theory so did Nesta and Elaine. That's my little add-in. Striga presumably went through the cauldron roughly around the same time Feyre also threw the book of breathings into the cauldron. So would potentially explain why Jezeba now has it. She chucked that bitch in there. The She bo- didn't
0: die. We said that. We no. said they didn't die. Yeah. So who's the bone carver? Is he the hang on? Wait, can I say it? Can I guess? No,
1: I'm not there yet. I'm not to him yet. I I have one more bullet point. (laughs) Come down. The bone carver. So Striga's brother said that the world they came from turned to dust. Exactly how Parthos is described, which I have talked about before. We have definitely discussed that on here. He then later drew three interlocking circles in the sand, which I feel like I just stay on repeat, like a broken fucking record about him drawn in the fucking dirt like the symbol of Parthos and the symbol of the Archesian amulet that Jessba gave to Bryce. Jezeba also guards the Parthos books. Now we're gonna go
0: on to the bone carver.
1: Now what were you doing? Is is he
0: the guy with the wolves in the thing? What's it what's he called? The wolf. The people he's got in the tubes that Ethan like rescues. Oh, the... Astronomer. Yeah. I, I almost the said bone the, carver I the astronomer? Almost, I almost
1: said the alchemist, and that's not correct.
0: No, he's not in this equation. He's Atis. Oh. Because... He can appear to you as whatever the fuck he wants. Yes, that.
1: And then also, it piggybacks off of what you just talked about towards the end. The bone carver being able to see across realms, being all-knowing, Atis can show up also in different forms, clearly, if he shows up as a cat. So who's to say that he doesn't take another form whenever he leaves hell to go into another realm and it's the Bone Carver.
0: And he shows back up in Prithian in A Court of Silver Flames as a cat the Bone Carver's already dead. So it could just be him coming back. Because he
1: went home. Mm-hmm.
0: So it, Hell. Right. So basically he was rid from that world and
1: went home but then, like he's a fucking prince from hell, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. So, he so came how back. many
0: siblings does he say he has? He just says he has the two, right? Yes, I mean that this Coast is just Coach J, Coach J, and then the, Striga and Striga, and that's it. Okay, but, but wh- in many, that world, I was gonna say how many princes of hell do we know of? Two, three? We know
1: of three. I thought we knew of three. There's Aedos Apolline, and I thought there was one more. I don't know, and I think he's just mentioned. I don't think that we have met him particularly.
0: I think we just know of him. I'm pretty sure. Oh just my God, this check. is good. This is good. If Adis and Jessup, are siblings, like we were just talking about, like they seem buddy-buddy. Yes. Buddy, and yes. oh yeah, you were the most familiar with, thir- with Hunt's dad. So is Hunt not a descendant of Jessup as a princess of hell essentially? Because he was bred of them. He's like light and dark. So is Hunt also like a combination of someone from hell and something else? Oh
1: God. This is not the correct one. Um I'm in the Demonic Paradise wiki. That is not- <laughs> <laughs> Have we met in Christ? I'm going to crescent- scream if the lights go out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if your white cat walks in here I'm going to shit myself. <laughs> Casey <Crazy laughs> May. Okay. How many princes of hell?
1: Okay. You know what? I don't know right now. Hang on. We can uh, Where'd you go? 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 Here we go.
0: Also, can I just say that Jessaba is drawn with, like, blonde hair? I don't remember how Striga was described at the very end. She's described as young and beautiful because she ate Ianthi. Yep. Jessaba is drawn with, like, white-ish hair.
1: I'm i not don't know unlike Ianthi, I don't know if Striga had black hair, but that doesn't mean that whenever she left that realm whatever appearance that she wants to take. Maybe she really liked Ianthe's hair. And she's like, that's what I'm going to keep. Okay. So the bone carver being Atis, the bone carver has the power to see into the future. When Bryce visited and then blinded the Oracle, the Oracle then wasn't able to see Bryce's future. However, Atis was there that day and somehow was able to see slash know Bryce's future. The bone carver said the quote ancient Fey warrior female that trapped him in his siblings would have been his quote salvation. That's mate language. Adis and Thea question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. The bone carver was also in the prison, which was also the dust court. Jezeba and Adis talk as if they're very close. Like you just said, if this is true, they are siblings.
0: And the so guards know what Azrael is because if he's a descendant of Adis
1: mm-hmm. and so, Okay. I have to say
0: this is really freaking me out. Cause I keep imagining the bone carver as a child. <laughs> I know.
1: I know. That's just a form that mm-hmm. he has taken. So they are siblings. And so are the other princes of hell who are also Vogue.
0: So who the fuck is Volg? The Asteri. Everyone. Okay.
1: Everyone. Okay. Volg is kind of just a, now that we're out of like, throne of glass, it's more of a blanket term. Um, Basically, for those that are otherworldly, they've come from someplace else. They're almost like invaders. The princes
0: of hell. Wait. What if? (laughs) Hell and the Asteri are like two sides of this. Like they're opposites, essentially. Hell, obviously the dark side. Are the Asteri light and stars? Bryce calls herself the seventh Asteri like as a joke. So if the Asteri are like the start of the Starborn, imagine that. Imagine all the Starborn are like somehow related descendants based off of something to do with the Asteri and Bryce is like, yeah, and I'm the seventh Asteri as a joke. What if Bryce is like some kind of like reincarnation? Micah says that possessing the horn, one could position themselves as an Asteri Mm -hmm. and they wouldn't argue it.
1: And also it it ties into that heaven and hell. And we've also talked about this, that. Angels are not always, especially as there are the different levels of angels, they're not always good. Mm-hmm. They are considered to be warriors. They can even be like invaders. They are not always the like sweet guardian angels at the top of our Christmas trees. They can be just as devious and I guess even deranged as a prince from hell, which would align with the Asteri and how they Do we know the origin
0: act. of the Starborn? Yeah. And Thea i know but where did why does she have it where'd she get it i don't
1: know hopefully we find out that in january <laughs>
0: at least something they trusted a prince of hell and that was her downfall the seventh hysteria was eaten by a prince of hell yeah by the same one the same one just saying the same one the hysteria really want to get back to prithian they liked that one they liked that one or terracin i mean whatever the fuck you know what i mean Aurelia. Yeah. But it could all be the same effing place, to be completely honest. Yeah,
1: because again, time is a construct. Again, it is we've real.
0: overlaid the laps from, the laps? We've overlaid the maps from mm-hmm. Agatar and Throne of Glass. And like, you can like color in yes. certain like highlands and lowlands, which, motherfucker, <laughs> something I read earlier, I just said like color in the highlands and lowlands with uh-huh. water and it becomes like Agatar. Yes. Koshche? was bound where he is. He's older than the sea is what Vasa says. Uh-huh. He's older than the sea. God, which is, this is eating me alive as
1: it. And just talking about like our earth. and so how like he land has God? been like thrust up. He was stuck because the
0: land rose and he couldn't move. So is he not the God that Elena has locked under a mountain? And now he's stuck in a lake in the sea because he's older than the sea. That was a mountain back in the day. And it's in the been, times of terror, and the yeah. times of Throne of Glass, and Koschei is he not the sibling of Striga and the Bone Carver? Yes.
1: So, and I've talked about in I don't know which episode it was that Koshe is showing himself in different forms across the different times constructs universe. He's Koschei in Akatar, and we even said like he could possibly be the astronomer in Crescent City. But what if he's Apollyon? Jezeba and Adis, Striga and the Bone Carver, escaped confinement in Prithian when they died.
0: Koschei's still stuck.
1: But Koschei, their brother, is still there, trapped by the lake. Whenever Apollyon visits Hunt and Bryce, it's always via dreaming or some weird in-between world. Whereas Adas has been able to physically enter Midgard in his cat form. It makes, and Emily says, it makes me feel like Apollyon is stuck somewhere as he himself is unable to take a physical form. Also, Elaine seemingly gets her visions, quote unquote, of Koschei via
0: dreaming too, which is something that we talked about with the astronomer. Lucian can see too. I think Lucian might have some kind of seeing power. You're saying like- You don't know
1: anything about the
0: bitch that made his eye. But you're, but- Elaine, you're saying like she gets her visions from Koshay or whatever. Whenever Vasa is telling Eris and Lucian and Cassian about Koshay, like pretty much everything she knows, there's one sentence. I just read it. And it says, Lucian looked at the window as if towards the continent, setting his target. Mm-hmm. So Elaine and Lucian could just as easily be related to that, like not related, tied to the scenario with Koschei.
1: Yes. And I think that a lot... of
0: starborn people.
1: Not only... And enemies. Yes. <laughs> of, well, of and not, not only that, health. but also one of the things, and I think we might have said this. I feel like
0: we're like achieving enlightenment no, now. No, we really are. You know what? We
1: do all of our best work after midnight. That's all I'm saying. Also, the Can whole- we, like,
0: one second. How the fuck has Sarah come up with all of this? I know we say it all the time, but like, what?
1: I know. Because think about it. Elaine... In Lucian, we have uh, said they are possibly from Starborn Lines. That is how... Does Lucian not mean light? It does. E- yes, it's in our... One of our spreadsheets. But think about this. Elaine was given light, seer powers. Elegant,
0: ethereal. Ethereal? Ethereal? Like, I don't know. Angels? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Anyways,
1: Elaine was given her seer powers from the cauldron. She is seeing things. Her mate has a fucking eye, a mechanical eye that we know hardly anything about, but yet it is such a prominent feature. It is always talked about. And it not was equal an, in every way. And mates are made equal. It was an ordeal Gosh. for him. And we meet the maker of his eye briefly. We fucking know nothing else about her. We know nothing about what his eye does. We barely know shit about Elaine and her seer powers and what she's able to actually see. They are in the game as mates because they are going to see that the cauldron was not wrong and that they are going to need each other for their powers. And they are going to realize that they are true equals because of what they can see and what they can see together. And if Azrael is part of a starborn line, that is why he is called and pulled to Elaine because they also will be able to come together and need each other because he will be the link to hell, which also coincides with that Elaine could very well be a queen of hell because of, again, those starborn lines and that Hades and Persephone storyline that we have talked about. So them as not necessarily as like, we joke, like a thruple, but as romantically, but because of their powers. But what if- Also because Asriel's shadows see and tell him about everything that they see. They are also a set of eyes. He is also
0: a spy. What about Gwen? Being a light singer and her father being some fae from the Spring Court that her mom hooked up with during the Great White. Could that not be Lucian? Lucian is and so her Gwen, granddaddy. And Gwen or just her dad Daddy. and not know it. I and, and, and there's a lot of and Gwen not, there's could, a lot of not knowing and, your dad. And, and, and Gwen could also be starborn and also be a match for Azriel
1: Yes. Although. Then, we're also going to say...
0: I just feel like we're just crushing it. I know. Right I know.
1: <laughs> also, though, yes, Gwen, but I'm still sticking with Azris as because how they always know where each other's at. Also, Eris always seems to be seeing things. And he is almost all knowing. Like, the fact that, like, Mama had an affair. He knows that Lucian's not really his brother. He always is able to give an answer to every, like, war question. He has his own ability to go and spy on things. So, what the fuck? Hang on. Hang on.
0: I'm turning into Charlie Day over here. I'm with you. We're saying that there's a third starborn child from Queen Thea... Also because that the Helion, three interlocking fucking circles, three is the number. That Helion can be a descendant of. Yes. That gives him the starborn. Yes. that That's why Lucian has the starborn. But what if just like Rune and Bryce get starborn from both sides? What if, because you're saying like, you think that Azriel and Eris could be mates. I'm like, okay, but Eris needs to be starborn of some sort. What if... There's Starborn from the Lady of Autumn as well. Yeah. And the Autumn King is from the Lady of Autumn. Related to the Lady of Autumn through. He is a
1: descendant of Eris. Through the Helena and
0: Peleus line. That's how Einar Danon has Starborn power.
1: Yes. Because Eris could just as
0: easily. Lucian could be more of like the pure side, like Bryce. Like having it from both sides. Yes. Like. I'm, it's not going to be pure because it's Lady Autumn had well, it right. from Peleus. But, I'm, but it's more He's of a mix. Pure, he's a mix yes. of the pure and the, um, what am I trying to say? Corrupted. Yes. Whereas Eris would just be straight corrupted from his mom. Mm-hmm. Which that also tracks.
1: But, yeah. And it's one of those where, like, yes. Einar looks, it's like, oh, yes, that. But there's so many descriptors that just align specifically with Eris. And for like him to not be a fucking descendant of Eris.
0: The Einar is trying to get Rune to do some of his starborn shit so that he can use it for his little model. I forget what they're called. We've the already- Solar system? It's not. <laughs> it's a orgy? No, no it's an Ori. Oh, or yeah, I. You're right. You're right.
1: Okay. But every um, time I
0: see it, I'm like, Orchid? Yeah, and Runes, yeah, that pisses him off that this is all I have whenever our ancestors used to be able to torch entire fields. Also Aelin, but anyways. Also Eris. that's uh, what I was well, thinking. also him.
1: But going back further, Aelin? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Aelin is the mother. Yeah. hmm And Rowan's the daddy. <laughs> <laughs> that sweet little buzzard owl that <laughs> exists. So then also... God bless it. We really, we have got to get some kind of board with red string. Wh- we can right here, this big <laughs> wall, even behind you, if we need to, and we could outside this window. So also, when Apollyon visits Bryce, the landscape he chose was Parthos, which ties into what was said above about the bone carver Straga and Koshay, also originating from Parthos, which I have talked about in
0: a previous episode. Which would make sense, yeah that's they had to and if Jessica has books on it i was going to say that's where the books came from they rescued the books humans rescued the books from parthos is what the story is in crescent city yes
1: and where did they take them to they were accumulated by them so then they weren't lost through time and then also the most important point of all is is it, is it parthos in crescent city where does parthos come from they talk about it in crescent city but it's, I think it's supposed to be tied back to almost like Throne of Glass
0: times. I'm fucking pissed. <laughs> Why are you pissed? I just Googled Parthos and that was it. Parthos with a U instead of an O. It says either way, Parthos or Parthos, ancient Greek, was a settlement of the Illyrian tribe. <laughs> in southern Illyria, modern Albania.
1: I yeah, and I'm pretty sure that we talked about that. But let's definitely just rehash that. Read that one more time. <laughs> Is just, it the house of wind? I, I'm pretty sure that it's had the house of wind. I think that we have theorized that it could possibly be the house of wind because of the steps that it's built into. And like, just that it's just the stone and then it goes down into the earth. And it's that like, where like Parthos is supposed to be like dusty and like almost like a desert. That's almost Is a, the house a of wind not made of like some kind of red stone? Yes. It's literally built into that like step and it is basically a dusty, I mean, The house of wind itself is not, but that step is like a dusty, barren rock, which is no different than how like
0: a descriptor of like Parthos would be where it's basically a desert that is dusty. Parthos or Parthos was a settlement of the Illyrian tribe of the Partheni, Partheni? in southern Illyria, modern Albania. This is ancient Greek. This is a real-life place. Real-life place. That they've not yet... Although different sites in central Albania have been proposed, its exact location has not yet been found. Ah, So... But I also want to say, I was like looking at different stuff and like. So could Parthos be Orinth from Throne of Glass? Could be Valaris and Akatar? House of Wind, the library? Could they all be... Oh, absolutely. Especially the way that the maps lay over.
1: And then who's to say that it couldn't be like Griffin Antiquities in Lunathian because we only have the city. We don't have Wait. it laying over itself because you have to go underground.
0: Corinth is where Aelin's, like kingdom, essentially. Yeah, is where that's where Terrison is. Did I not just read that where Ember Quinlan went was called Corinth when there's like a lot of priestesses there? And like a library and shit. Mm -hmm. What the fuck? Huh?
1: Sounds familiar.
0: Have we read about that before? I'm gonna have a heart attack.
1: I know. But also the most important point of all is Koschei has been hunting for all of the dread trove items. If the horn is the fourth dread trove item, then Apollyon has also been hunting for the dread trove as well. As we know how much Apollyon wants the horn. Because if... Koshe already knows that the inner circle possessed the other three, and then him living and flowing through as Apollyon, and then finding out that Bryce is the fourth one. Bryce has also just been lured to Prithian, where Koshe, Apollyon, is, where his real body is. Wait. No, no, no. And now all four items are. Are close to being reunited, almost as if that was part of Apollyon's plan
0: all along but to wait, free himself. But wait, there's more. So Cassian essentially is like, "What could the queens have done to get Co Shade to bargain with you for that? And she's Vasa says, "It was not through their deal making; it was through his." Listen to this. We've talked about what in the world could Papa Archeron have said mm-hmm. or done to free Vasa. If Koshche takes Vasa a prisoner for his own benefit through the queens, he doesn't free her for Papa Archeron's benefit. He got nothing. Koshche gets something by doing it. Yes. Because Koshche knows that Papa <laughs> knows who Papa Archeron is. He knows who Nesta is. He knows that Nesta is a death god. He knows that Nesta is going to be able to summon those things literally wherever she is. And he needs them. Hmm. So he's got three because in one hu- place yep. by being able to save Nesta, which is the first ship that Papa Archeron is on. It's named Nesta. Yep. He has entire armies. Yep. Koshche arranged all of this. Yes, he did. And he freed Vasa. Absolutely. And he sent Papa Archeron back at the perfect time to save Nesta so that she would not be killed by the King of Hybron. Literally, Koshche saved Nesta and Cassian's life because he knows that that Nesta has power and is going to be able to summon three of the four items that he needs.
1: And then now he has...
0: Get Emily on the phone. We have to tell her.
1: And then now he has... You know, we're always talking in threes, Liv, of, as far as the little circles go. Our little thruple. You have Vasa, who is directly linked to Koche. You have Jurian. He has kind of just built himself in as like they're human. And then you have Lucian who is potentially could be high Lord that we've talked about over three different courts in Perithian and is descended from two very powerful families. And one of which directly like from a high Lord and we has powers in his seeing eye that we don't know about. And like, they all over there, like doing what the fuck ever, hanging out with Vasa. Koshay's watching them all, and he can use
0: them as a tool. And he's using Elaine. Elaine saw those ravens. Yes. Koshe sent Elaine that. Koche sent Elaine that vision to save Nesta.
1: Yes, because she can she could wield all of those, and it's okay. Obviously, like the harp is the time, like that will, could take me back exactly where I need to go. Like, do you
0: think Lanthus could have been? something to do with Koschei. do you think Koschei could be presenting as lanthus possibly because of Lanthus's is like the vision that he puts into Nesta's head of like basically them being together and like ruling an underworld
1: yeah because it could be Koschei kind of taking on apolly because no one would really know what that looks like in akatar because also his true appearance Koshe's true appearance has always been hidden in akasif and Emily definitely theorizes that there's a plot twist about his identity because we only know him by name and we never actually see him as anything. Who's to say that it's not a prince of
0: hell and his deception and. And if Kosha needs the fourth item and the fourth item is Bryce and Adis is like they a trusted hell. That was her downfall. Yes. He can get the other three items, but he needs physically needs Bryce yes so when she trusts him uh-huh. as a prince of hell it will be her downfall yes because this also and hunt suggests will come back and save her because he can hunt demons
1: that's right and this also suggests that apollyon and the princes of hell were part of the Daglin in the akatar world though the bone carver and striga slash atis and jezeba seem all right so maybe there's more to the story then this feeds into the additional Yo, why are
0: they in prison Why was Reese's mom friends with Stryga? I have questions. Keep going. Why is the bone carver in prison? The bone carver
1: was like the quote unquote weakest of them all. Like the dad one? So he was like in prison instead of killed or something? He basically put himself in the prison to protect himself. Got it. And so, but here's the thing. When it says the weakest, our brains are like, oh, he's weak as in physically weak. But what if it's like... Weak as in Adis being so in love with Thea, and if Adis is the bone carver, just had to lock himself away as to not Can be I destroyed by really his quick? siblings, but also by his love
0: for Thea. Would you like to see um, this map of Midgard that someone has created? I'm just gonna throw it out there that I, <laughs> I think that this could be overlaid. Show me. And I think that the haldron sea that goes through is the middle that no one is ruling over. Yeah. And you're not allowed to, like, fuck with it right. in Acatar. Right, And the northern rift is is the night court. Oh, shut the fuck up.
1: <laughs> and, yeah, and then there's the little Avalon Island. Shut ironically...
0: F- oh, shut the fuck up. Ironically, in the middle is where Urid was, which is where the mask was.
1: Yeah, and the Eternal City is Valaris because there's the three goddamn mountains and then all this up here is all the Illyrian shit.
0: In the Northern Rift? Yeah.
1: Where Romiel would fucking be.
0: You know where the Asteri death camps are? Real close to the prison. Real close. Because that's the dust court. They're they're real close. They're, there's more than one of them. They're real close to the prison. And they're real close to the Court of Nightmares. I'm just saying.
1: Also, I'm in to need
0: Nidaros to do is down at the bottom in the Crescent City world, which is where the mortal lands are. And Nidaros is where the humans live in Crescent City. Yep. Fuck off. Fuck off. The Estros is close to where the Summer Court would be. Blue Court? The Mermaids? I know. I know. Also,
1: the East River is a river of the underworld. So this feeds into an additional crack thought. Are we sure that the Asteri aren't Apollyon's minions? Because Apollyon is the seventh prince of hell. So if Apollyon equals seven, is there any coincidence that literally every single part of Midgard also ties into the number seven? There's seven gates, seven heads of Lunathian, seven Asteri, seven hills of the Eternal City, seven calm crystals, seven steps of the bone quarter, seven layers of the Asteri Palace. Even when Bryce trades her soul to the underking, she has to say the word seven times. At this point Seven
0: courts and Prithian. And seven Seven courts. Yes.
1: At this point, are we sure Midgard isn't actually the seventh layer of hell? And Apollyon is supposed to be running the joint, but because he's trapped in as Escoche, the Assyri do it on his behalf? Because think about it, Apollyon refers to Bryce. Hunt and Sophie Emile, Thunderbirds, are conduits, and that they're so, quote, valuable to him. What do all these people have in common? They can siphon slash suck in power, and so can the Asteri, who are also conduits. Then the Oracle and Crescent City 1 describes herself as a conduit of the gods. Once the gods speak, I become the conduit through which their words pass. Thus, are Bryce, Hunt, Thunderbirds, plus Assyri all conduits and somehow receptive to Paulian's
0: will? And Emily says, IDK, but things are sus. What the fuck? What the fuck? Okay, granted that we've never seen an official map of Midgard. This is just like someone's guess. Okay. Okay, But this does look, if you lay these on top of each other, this one that someone's come up with versus the actual official Prithian one, you kind of turn it, like rotate, not like actually manipulating it, but if you kind of rotate it just a little.
1: Kind of like on its axis.
0: The Northern Rift lines up with the Illyrian Mountains. Huh. The Eternal City, pretty damn close to Valaris. Then you've got like, water. Hmm. The only thing, oh my God. What? Do so you know how they say that the prison is the dust court? Yeah. What if that's not true? There's an island between the night court and the day court, and that lines up exactly with a Valen on this map. Why would, why would the dust court be on top of the night court and not between the two? Oh, I always pictured that it was the island between the two. No, this is labeled the prison as up top close to the Illyrian mountains. Oh, shit. I've been picturing it wrong this whole time. The Court of Nightmares lines up with the Asteri death camps. Which is appropriate. And then so essentially, this has, again, if this is like lining up, then between the night court and the day court with the Avalon Island over here would be between night and day would be separated by the Haldron Sea. Because see,
1: when you showed it to me a minute ago, remember how I was like, "Oh, look, the Avalon Island."
0: The map of Prithian has it up top, which makes no sense. But then, like Lunathian would be essentially the top of the decor. Yeah, Nidaros would be down further. Again, we do not have. We no one. We can't this is confirm not to scale nor scaling. deny. Yeah. yeah, this is not to scale. We've only
1: have the city of Lunathian. Also, just but, a sidebar, really fast. Mm-hmm. Someone also commented at the bottom of this as far as. Um, see, that's the prison up there, but oh, there's this island here oh. that could just
0: as easily line up with this. Okay. See, my but brain. But that's what I'm saying. Like, why would the dust court not be between night and day? Why would it be on the other side of night? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. My brain pictured this as the dust court this entire time. They could be wrong. They're like theorizing that the well, prison right, right, was right. the other court. That doesn't necessarily mean that is true.
1: Also, somebody put on here, I feel like this would make sense because or the theory of talking about. Jezeba, Adis, and and possibly being the weaver, the bone carver, and Koschei. because it said, I feel like this world would make, or I feel like this would make sense because it seemed like Striga and the bone carver died too easily in Ackowar, and we have talked about that before, and had so much more potential. Also, Jurian was able to come back after being accessories for Amarantha, and it says, so I'm sure SJM could come up with a way to bring them back as Jezeba and Adis. Because she literally reincarnated Jurian right back out of, literally his finger was on a necklace for Amarantha and his fucking eye was in a ring. And I understand there's magic involved, but let's be honest. Also, just to sidebar really quick, where the fuck is Bryaxis still? Anybody fucking know? He's also a demon. Oh, 100% a fucking demon.
0: Wouldn't Okay. okay. What if he was a and but like not a crystallos Okay. What if? So we were saying so earlier. I can't wait. I'm excited. Bellius says that Anelius was a god. Uh-huh. What if it's him? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Nesta says that Cassian will be written into the books the same way that Anelius is. And they say that Cassian fights like Anelius. Cassian is like the only one absolutely fucking terrified of Briaxis. Uh-huh. What if like, Yes. He's the
1: only one that has essentially seen Briaxis for what his, like,
0: whatever Briaxis wanted him to see. He's all of his worst nightmares come true.
1: Yes. Cassian's worst fucking nightmares would have to be stuff from war. Maybe. The Asteri. And Elias' memories. And it doesn't mean that he is just a one, like, one singular being. What if it, the way he presents himself to Cassian is... It could almost just be like a major motion picture of all of these horrible things that have been Cassian's worst nightmares. And the fact that he could bring those to a physical form is why he's so terrified. Everybody else is like aware that Bryaxis is scary. He has shown himself to Cassian and maybe even he has shown Cassian some things in the future. I mean... Crystallis are scary. I'm sure Princes of Hell are probably really
0: fucking scary. Apparently they can be when they're not being kitty cats.
1: Yeah. Who's to say that it's just one singular thing that Cassian has seen? And Bryaxis is going to come back. I don't think we'll necessarily see him in
0: Flame and Shadow. He will definitely make an appearance in a- in the next Akatar. Bryaxis is just like... In the bottom of the library, which has seven layers, surely that's not like I mean, no, Surely, Why? you know what? Maybe it's what maybe, are you getting at? Maybe it's Kosche. Maybe Kosche is Bryaxis and he's just been hanging out because I don't know. Kosche can like, give people visions and make them see things, and he's the seventh layer of hell. And if Bryaxis is just chilling at the seventh layer of the library, I don't know. My, my I And the cat is like in the fifth layer, I think, whenever Gwen and Nesta get spooked. <laughs> I'm sure it's nothing. I'm sure it's only filler. I'm sure it's only filler. I'm so sure. Kosche is Briaxis. He wants a window. He wants to see out. Because also, it's a shadowy form. And if and Briaxis agreed to fight with Thera with Striga and the Bone Carver. So he could take out his own
1: siblings. Also, he protected Nesta and Feyre from the Ravens mm-hmm. because he did not want either one of them to die. Because Koshchei needs Nesta to be alive. Yeah, Koche needs Nesta to be alive, he and needs then to summon those And things. then also with Feyre, just being who Feyre was, like he was like probably need to stay in good graces with Resand for a, a minute. So Koshchei has made Briaxis. Briaxis is Koshchei. Mm-hmm, because it's just a shadow. But then also, he he's able to be a presence without being a solid presence. And mm-hmm. then he could show Cassian whatever it was that he wanted to show Cassian. Because he's also a scary fucking prince of hell. Someone get Sarah on the phone. She's going to be so impressed.
0: I mean, yes. She's only an hour ahead of us in time zone wise. Like uh, It's only 2 a.m. for her. It's fine. It's 12.57 in the morning right now. I'm obsessed with us drawing the connection with... Koschei keeping Nessa alive and Elaine having the visions because otherwise you're like, yeah, the King of hybrid wants to kill them or wants them whatever, but also he's Holland, but (laughs) maybe, but yeah. So it's otherwise, what's, what was the point besides? And
1: also the fact, yeah, the fact that Elaine, again, just looping back to like why I think that Elaine is going to realize that her and and Lucian really are a perfect mated pair because Lucian can see Elaine can see he is daytime
0: she is spring the starborn gets stuck on the other side of the rift I can hear your heart beating through the stone can you hear mine yes
1: it's all fluff all of it it hurt my head hurts my heart hurts. And then it says "Would this. Oh, and then someone else commented would this also explain why Apollyon was the only one who was able to kill an Asteri, maybe because he's the one actually in charge of them. And he... what's fu- Apollyon mean? And he fucking stepped out of line. Who's,
0: this, who's the one that got eaten?
1: Sirius is the one that got eaten. And so Apollyon. I looked
0: up once. I think we've talked about the destroyer, a name given to the devil. Yep.
1: It's all coming together.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> again he is known as the prince of the pit or the star eater because he ate Sirius, um, and he occupies the seventh and
0: deepest level of hell Shut and the library up. in revelation chapter nine verses one through so apollyon is another name for abaddon in the bible abaddon is described as a personified star Mm -hmm. who falls to earth from heaven and is given the key to open the bottomless pit. Oh, my God.
1: Wouldn't it be cool because Apollyon is regarded as the mightiest of the seven demon princes? So wouldn't it be strange if Apollyon is Koshe, and Koshe faces off with the most powerful high lord in all of Perithian of all seven high lords? Say that again. Apollyon is regarded as the mightiest of the seven demon princes. Got it. And Resand is the most powerful of all seven high lords. Yeah. Also, and I know we've talked about this before too, but what's his noodle? The Illyrian that fought for three days. An alias. During the battle of the first wars, Prince Peleus and the Prince of the Pit faced each other. The two of them fought for three days until the star eater struck the fatal blow but not before pelleus was able to summon all the Horn's strength and banish the prince of the pit his brethren and their armies back to hell it just sounds really familiar it just sounds so familiar but it's all just filler this is the filler episode As a physical book lover, we've all found ourselves in major need of a bookmark when we've been rudely interrupted while reading. Interruptions like your job, your needy pets and family, or your spouse wanting to tell you all about a random thing that they've been doing, all while you're at a really good part. Don't they see that we're reading? And in those moments, we've all found ourselves having to grab for a receipt, a post-it note, a scrap of paper, or the absolute worst, dog earing your page. Well, in those moments, Case Leatherworks has you covered. Their dog ear bookmark fits perfectly over the corner of your page, so you never lose your place. Their products are made with top grain American leather in a variety of colors, and you have the option to customize your bookmark with your initials. Along with their bookmarks, they offer a variety of home good products that's perfect for any reading book. Support small business by visiting caseleatherworks.com, and our listeners will receive 10% off your first order by using code THEORIES at checkout. That's offer code theories at caseleatherworks.com.
0: Wait, whenever Reese and favorite go to the prison, mm-hmm. Reese is like, don't talk about Amron. Amron does not talk about getting out of the prison. Amron does not want people in the prison to know that she's free. We've theorized that Amron is the seventh. The Yes.
1: Or, or the that Pauline she is an angel in some way, which maybe
0: not necessarily a seventh. The but had been, no, she's the seventh. The if the Asteria were minions, would he not be like the father? Sirius is the brightest star in the sky, also called Dog Star? What the fuck does Amran mean? A lovely girl, royal or prince. So she could be a princess. Hold on, though. Wait, I'm not done. No, nope, because
1: Amran chose a woman's form. That doesn't mean that she originated as that. And she even kind of insinuated that. And, th-
0: and Elaine or Nesta asked her about her name. And she's like, yeah, it's a long story. Listen to this. Sirius was the brightest star. Huh? Yep. And we've talked about that. Okay. The spiritual meaning of Sirius. According to esoteric teaching, Jesus is believed to have originated from Sirius, a star system known for its spiritually advanced beings. He is considered a cosmic being who incarnated on earth to share profound truths and guide humanity towards a higher path of love, compassion, and enlightenment. Okay. Okay. If Jesus originated from Sirius, Sirius is a seventh Asteri. If Amron is Sirius, she started to feel things. She started to love and her father gave her a gift and let her go to Earth. We've connected. We've tried to connect Hunt and Amron. Yeah. What if they're the same fucking thing? We've connected Hunt to Jesus multiple times. Multiple times. It's glaringly obvious. And Amran chose a female form. Uh-huh. I'm just saying if the Asteri are... The minions of Apollyon. Apollyon could essentially be father. Amarin was, if she's a minion, she says she was an angel, but not a good angel. She was an angel of destruction. Yep. That was sent to destroy worlds.
1: Which is very much like a
0: seraphim, which we. No, it's like the Asteri. So if she was the seventh Asteri, she started to feel shit. She started to want to do shit. No, I'm talking biblically, father- like seraphim
1: biblically. Gotcha. Yeah, not that, not Crescent City, like biblically, which is almost the same thing as the Assyria. father gives her a
0: gift and lets her stay if Jesus comes from Sirius, goes to Earth, stays. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm not disagreeing. The brightest star in the night sky means sparkling or scorching. Sirius was known as Sothis to the ancient Egyptians, not unlike Solus. Sounds pretty damn close. Sounds pretty damn close. So
1: I was looking through our spreadsheet of some of the name breakdowns that we did. And just to kind of look back on how we were aligning Bryaxis as possibly being another version of crochet, because who's to say that he's not all these versions of these different people. Like if he is possibly also doing Bryaxis, so then he can see what's happening on Prithian, even though he's across over on the continent, but then also In Crescent City, he shows up as the astronomer and then he can also play part in Apollyon because the astronomer allows him to work with the mystics and the mystics are trying to communicate with hell. So I also just went back because I was like, okay, Briaxis. I was like, I know that I've looked this up. His name comes from a Greek sculptor. Okay. So Briaxis created a famous colossal statue of serapis in the temple at alexandria it represented the god as a combination of the greek gods zeus the father of the gods hades and dionysus dionysus is the god of winemaking orchards and fruit vegetation fertility festivity insanity ritual madness religious ecstasy and theater Nesta. Nesta. <laughs> On then, all three of those gods are seated upon a throne with Cerebus, a th- the three-headed monster, who's a dog, seated beside him. Dog Star is serious. And then you have the father of the gods, Hades, and the god of insanity all being depicted. So it's a combination for Bryaxis, which also screams kosher because you're being depicted as many things and you have a fucking dog next to you just saying it's all fluff it's
0: all fluff tell me why I just clicked on an article and it's called the star of Bethlehem three kings Sirius and Orion what? huh? <laughs> 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 uh-uh. what? <laughs> Egyptian mythology appears to be the source of this mythical, not historical motif found also in the new Testament gospel story with the star in the East signifying the star Sirius and the three wise men, the stars in the belt of Orion. That that literally just links Amron and hunt. And it also pairs back around to the circle
1: of threes, which could very well be many of the, th- the threes that we have of whether it be Reese, Cassian, and As,
0: the Archeron sisters. Again, while Bassa, these wise men are not specifically kings, the tradition associated them with the three stars in the belt of the Orion constellation which came to be called Three Kings in Christian astronomy. I did not know that Christian astronomy was a thing that seems like a I oxymoron. also did not know
1: that, but okay. I guess with just the stars and being in the sky of Bethlehem, that's the Egyptians
0: did indeed consider the three stars in the belt of Orion to lead to the bright star Sirius which in turn both pointed to the place of the sun at the horizon various times of the year and heralded the flooding of the Nile, which the Egyptians considered to be the savior. Hence, the star pointed to the place where the savior would be born, led there by the three kings. The star Star, that Aelin follows to lead her home. The star born. The star born. The three kings. Demonstrating the theme of the three stars pointing to the bright star, indicating birth of the savior at the horizon both a solar motif and the annual flooding of the Nile. Again, in Egyptian mythology, Sirius or Soth-Isis was viewed as the herald of the coming messiah, Osiris, the Nile's water flooding. The annual flood took place in late June around the solstice. The Egyptians could expect crop failure and famine. Mm-hmm. An, associated with, an association with Orion with the dawn is also important and can be found in ancient mythology as well leading to the notion of the three stars pointing to the place where the solar savior would be born in the morning in this regard. Stars like Sirius, the sky's brightest star, also died when they disappeared in the daytime sky, but they were reborn when they appeared again in the twilight before sunrise. (laughs) (laughs) This is another
1: moment where cameras would be appropriate. If only everyone listening could just
0: see my fucking face. But you know what? It's all fluff. Is Hunt the 7th Asteri? All the demons are like, what are you doing with a tattoo on your head? Yeah. Stars like Sirius, the stars, sky's brightest star, that's the name of the 7th Asteri, also died when they disappeared to the daytime sky. But they were reborn when they reappeared again in the twilight before sunrise. The association with Orion with the dawn is also important and can be found in ancient mythology as well leading to the notion that the three stars, including Orion, point to the place where the solar savior would be born. Sirius. On Orion's belt. For the Egyptians, cosmic order was also visible in the return of the goddess Isis as the star Sirius to the pre-dawn sky. Big, big connections between Apollyon, mm-hmm. the Asteri, mm-hmm. Amron, mm-hmm. and Hunt. Mm-hmm.
1: And then all those little webs flow off to all the different threes that still continue to exist. You have our little Illyrians, you have our Archeron sisters, you have our Thrupple, and that's just to name a few. You also have the Bone Carver, Striga,
0: Koshe. That's also a three. We've went insane. <laughs> revelation nineteen nine says prince sirius is exalted this reminds us that the wedding supper of the lamb comes when jesus has returned to take his place as king if amrit prince sirius is exalted she drinks lamb's blood she yeah. loves it that's her favorite that's her fave just casually just built-in fluff brought up so if you find the royal couple in the sky tonight go find someone you can invite to the wedding
1: i don't know if we've talked about this but because I have somehow made it onto a wiki page of literally the, that's called the infernal names guard It's earth, right? As far as like infernal names, which means you have the names of the devils and stuff. So Midgard is also the son of Loki, not to be confused with the Marvel Loki. Okay, Loki is also a Teutonic devil and Midgard, And the son of Loki, Midgard, is depicted as a serpent. What the fuck is on the front of the Flame and Shadow cover?
0: Snakes on all of them. There's
1: snakes on all of them, but there's a giant fucking snake on Flame and Shadow. Hunt's holding one. Hunt's holding one. There's one with Bryce. She's not holding it. But then it's also in Norse mythology. I cannot pronounce it. It's J-O-R-M-U-N-G-A-N-D-R. Why can't you pronounce that? Because it also has the two little dots over kidding. the top of it. I have no idea what I'm like, said. that alone. It is also known as the Midgar serpent or world serpent, and it is an unfathomably, unfathomably large sea serpent or worm <laughs> who dwells in the world sea encircling the earth, Midgard, and so biting on its own tail. An example of... Of an hour burrows. As a result of its surrounding Midgard, the earth, it is referred to as the world serpent. When it releases its tail, Ragnarok, the final battle of the world will begin.
0: That's literally what's on Flame and Shadow.
1: That's literally what this episode doesn't
0: go viral. I'm going to be so fucking pissed after we just talked about how we don't care people because we are like crushing it right now. I'm getting very excited.
1: Jorgman. I can't. can't. The Norse mythology. Okay,
0: No, no, no. Flame and shadow. It's going in and out of holes, but it's not yet eating its tail.
1: When it releases
0: its tail. It's not there yet. Final battle of the world will begin. It hasn't started yet because. I sent Emily, I commented to Emily on TikTok a long time ago, af- right after the cover for this came out. And I was like, hey, the Ouroboros is a snake eating its own tail. What? <laughs> <laughs> Kelly's eyes are like the size of fucking <laughs> dinner plates right
1: now. Okay, so the Norse mythology Midgard serpent, the word I cannot pronounce, is said to be the middle child of the trickster god Loki. And the giantess Angerbua. According to the Prose Edda, Odin took Loki's three children by Angerbora the wolf Frenir, the goddess Hel, and the serpent, which is the J word that I cannot pronounce, and removed them from Asgard. The serpent was tossed into the great ocean that encircles Midgard. There, the serpent grew so large that it was able to surround the earth and grasp its own tail. The old Norse thunder god Thor has an ongoing feud with the serpent in their epics and the two can be seen as arch foes. During Ragnarok, Thor and the serpent will fight each other to the death. They literally have a wolf their children's names are the Wolf Fenrir, the goddess Hel, spelled capital H-E-L, and the serpent that battles
0: Thor. Okay. Can you say something? Say it like one of the first things that you said after your eyeballs got huge.
1: The serpent, the Midgard serpent, is said to be the middle child of the trickster god Loki. Okay. And the giantess, I don't think I'm pronouncing this correctly, but it's A-N-G-R-B-O and then O with a little squiggly A. Okay. According to the prose Edda, Odin took Loki's three children, that him and that Angribura, and then that's the wolf, Venir, the goddess hell, and the serpent and removed them from Asgard. Okay. Then the serpent was tossed into the great ocean that encircles Midgard. There are there the serpent grew so large that it was able to surround the earth and grasp its own tail. The old Norse thunder god Thor has an ongoing feud with the serpent in their epics and the two can be seen as arch foes. And during Ragnarok, Thor and the serpent will fight each other to the death. And there's only a giant fucking serpent on Flame and Shadow's cover. Okay,
0: and then the Ouroboros is literally covered with a snake eating its own tail. Yes. The Ouroboros shows you your worst. It shows you, like, who you really are. Like, people yes. have gone insane looking at it. Yes. Not super unlike Bryaxis
1: Yes. It's just the fact that literally their three children is a wolf, Finrir the goddess hell, and then this serpent. It's all fill or live. How is it? This is what absolutely blows my fucking mind. How is it that I know for a fucking fact that we have talked about, I mean, obviously where we you're like Midgard means earth because it does. It says encircling the earth, Midgard. But how is it that we are just now seeing that like, In this Norse mythology, that it is a fucking serpent that encircles the earth and it's biting its own tail, which is an example of the Auroboros, which we have talked about in Akatar. And then it is actually an arch foe of Thor, who is Hunt, who during Ragnarok, Thor and this serpent will fight each other to the death. And also this serpent could be a worm, a W-Y-R-M that we have talked about that is also depicted as a sea serpent that is in the dragon family. Hunt's going to fight the viper Queen because she's (laughs) She's something, bro. She's something that we don't know enough about.
0: When did we get the release of the... The what? When did Flame and Shadow... Oh, here we go. Okay, so Emily's description of the... Talking about breaking down the cover. I said the thing about the Ouroboros to her. Olivia.
1: What? One of the stories with Thor's encounters with this Midgard serpent, one of them is literally called Lifting the Cat. In one story, Thor encounters the giant king, Loki, and has to perform deeds for him, one of which is a challenge of Thor's strength... Loki goads Thor into attempting to lip the, lift the world serpent, the Midgard serpent, disguised by magic as a huge cat. Everything is just going to be disguised as a huge fucking cat. It's just a cat. It says Thor grabs the cat around its midsection, but manages to raise the cat only high enough for one of its paws to leave the floor. Loki later explains his deception in that Thor's lifting the cat was an impressive deed as he had stretched the serpent so that it had almost reached the sky many watching became fearful when they saw one paw lift off the ground if Thor had managed to lift the cat completely from the ground he would have altered the boundaries of the universe I mean Kelly I'm losing my mind
0: this is Jessica on the cover of Flame and Shadow let me explain I literally just discovered this Okay, burning flames you're like okay cool Flame and Shadow she's an unknown woman resembles the woman on the CC1 cover, but they're different. CC1 is supposed to be Bryce. She's got blue eyes. Bryce and Thea, I think. This mm-hmm. woman has different eyes. She has an eight-pointed star. She's wearing the mark of the star in the same spot as the priestess in Throne of Glass, who was honoring the gods, an eight-pointed star tattooed upon her brow. Okay?
1: Mm-hmm. She has
0: gold eyes, and Emily says this could point to Bryce's amber eyes, or it could indicate something more sinister, i.e. trademark of the Volg. Her eyes, also crying. Black blood, another trademark of the vault. I was about to say, I'm zoomed in on it. Additionally, the two halves of her face look almost completely different people. The right half makes me think of the mask. Zoom out more and we see a snake slithering through wormholes. The way they're drawn makes me think of portals or wormholes. Given the overt snake imagery, I can't help but think, and she literally brings up the thing that you were just talking about, Norse mythology the it encircles the world. Or Twilight of the gods is what it's called. Which was the series that... Yeah, which is like Ragnarok, Thor. It famously battles Thor and both die. Okay? Yep. The woman also has an array of symbols on her arm. Word marks. Her arm also appears to be stone cracking. So once again, presented with statue imagery. Okay? She's got a tattoo of looks like Ramiel. She has horns that appear to look like devil horns. Yes, I was just about to say. She could be, I don't know, like a princess of hell. She has iron teeth nails. Who did I just fucking say was a witch and left?
1: There's also above her head, right above between the horns. If you look at it and as it goes up behind the snake, is that not truth teller or a sword in general? Wait, hang on. I have to look at it bigger. Go to Amazon and pull it up because it'll let you zoom in and you can actually like
0: hover over the cover. Also, Jessabah. Answers only to the Underking himself in the House of Flame and Shadow. You're saying above her head? Yeah. So look between, so where the star is between on her forehead
1: and then go up between her horns, but then keep going like you'll go behind the moon, behind the snake, and then you'll see the tip of that's a fucking sword. And then I think we've talked about it before too. So a Crescent city novel at the bottom, if you look between the T on Crescent city or the T on Crescent and the C on city, that's a bullet. That, that's a bullet. And then if you look
0: over to, I don't so, know who had a bullet with memento Mori inscribed on it in I, their office in a glass case.
1: And if you also look that, so at Bloomsbury underneath it, if you look to the left of Bloomsbury, there's a lock. I was just about to say that.
0: And then, you know, Jessica can turn people into animals. She can. And we don't know who
1: any of the animals really are in her antiquities. (laughs) Also, it's saying that like on the chest of this woman, it's been theorized that's wolf fur. And then if you know, if you look up next to her shoulder on the right hand side, there's a wolf. Is that a wolf or is that a winged Pegasus? On the right. Oh, no, you're right. It's a pig. It's got a horn. But then also up at the very top, you have vines busting out of
0: that. This is also multiple snakes. There's multiple heads on here. If there's three, I'm going to fucking scream.
1: I only see two. Okay,
0: good. (laughs) But we do not see the end of it. We do not see the tail. We just see two heads. I just never want to hear that she's not a genius again. Her saying, I'm not a mastermind. I'm not a genius okay okay then who is okay
1: besides taylor swift who else who else what does jessica mean jessica means i can tell you right now Uh, vision
0: or sight that's jessica
1: yeah so it always took me to jessica but Jezebel. so there's a whole thing where basically an alternative name of Jezebel, or no excuse me it's of roga I couldn't really find anything for Jezeba other than it just kept taking me
0: to Jessica. But Roga... Which means like, to behold, God beholds, to see before. And Roga Four-sided.
1: is an alternative name for Baba Yaga, which...
0: is like a witch thing.
1: Yes. And so then therefore she would be Baba Roga.
0: Slavic folklore, an ogress who steals, cooks, and eats her victims, usually children. Not unlike Stryga. She lives with two or three sisters, also known as Baba Yaga. In a forest hut that spins continually on bird legs. Mm-hmm. Oh God, that is fucking scary. Oh yeah, it's really scary. Jesus, I wish I had not looked at that.
1: At 130 in the morning? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's scary, even not at one thirty in the morning. We have deduced that it is Jezeba on the front of this and that the snake is way more symbolic because it's literally going to be encircling Midgard and then Hunt is going to
0: have to fight off the snake. Striga gets the crescent. Where is her tattoo? Does it say? Left forearms. Rhysand and Stryga are receiving magical tattoos on their left forearms.
1: So there's actually crescent moons on both forearms of who is allegedly Jezebel on the front of this. I'm saying that it's Jezebel.
0: No, that's what I said, allegedly. I, know. I haven't seen anybody else say that. Have you? No. I've seen Bryce, Lydia, Ariadne, which again, Ariadne's a motherfucking dragon. Ariadne Kept in the ring of the astronomer who might be the bone carver.
1: And then she, she went to
0: the Viper Queen. And she
1: goes to the Viper Queen who, if we talk about what we talked about, that is a worm is a sea serpent and a worm is also in the family of dragons. Why was Ariadne immediately drawn to go to the Viper Queen? Other than the fact that we talk about before, light like calls to like, dragon calls to dragon. Maybe but, both of those snakes on the front
0: are the Viper Queen and Ariadne. Jessica's like playing with both of them.
1: Maybe. Also, if we were talking about where you were saying with Ragnarok, as recounted and based on the Edic poem... One sign of the coming Ragnarok is the violent unrest of the sea as the uh, Midgard snake releases its tail from its mouth. The sea will flood and the serpent will thrash onto the land. It will advance spraying poison to fill the air and water beside Fenrir whose eyes and nostrils blaze with fire and whose gape touches the earth and the sky. They will join the sons of, Muspel to confront the gods on the plain of Vigrid, V-I-G-R-I-D. Here is where the last meeting between the serpent and Thor is predicted to occur. He will eventually kill the Midgard Serpent but Midgard Serpent, but will fall dead after walking nine paces, having been poisoned by the serpent's
0: deadly venom. Do we have the definition of Stryga? Stryga is an undead being an evil spirit, a demon, quote, a witch. I mean, Imiego's crack
1: theory isn't quite so uh, cracked. Mm -mm. The Thor's final battle with the Midgard snake has been identified with other scenes of Ragnarok on the Gosforth cross.
0: The fuck is that? I don't know, but it's on a fucking cross, Liv. Made out of red sandstone. I swear to God, is that not what the House of Wind is made of? Isn't it? That is also
1: how Parthos is the dry sand.
0: And it's gifted to Nesta. Did we not? Did I not say? Is there symbolism to why Nesta was gifted the House of Wind? There has to be. There has to be. What? Koshche, Briaxis was down in the bottom. Yeah. And when he's gone, Koshche gets her to go to the bottom of the library as a winter solstice gift to her to show her the heart of the house even though she's effing terrified yeah Koshe is manipulating the absolute fuck out of nesta yeah and elaine sees it the house of wind is built into the middle and largest peak of the red flat-topped mountains that flank the northern side of Valaris. it just says red flat-topped mountains but i swear the red sandstone thing why do i have a like, sandstone stuck in my head Probably from Parthos. The house of wind had been carved into the sun, the red sun-warmed stone of the flat-topped mountains. So it's there.
1: It's there. Also, to jump back over to Thor's fishing for the Midgard serpent has been taken as one of the similarities between him and the Hindu god Indra, who in Vedic mythology slays the dragon Ritra and has also been related to a Baltoslavic motive of the storm god combating a serpent. Somebody who has like lightning, maybe. Maybe. Mm. An alternative analysis is that it was a youthful indiscretion on the part of Thor, retold to emphasize the order and balance of the cosmos, in which the Midgard serpent played a vital role. There are parallels made between the Midgard serpent biting its own tail and the binding of Fenrir, as part of a recurring theme of the bound monster in Norse mythology, where an enemy of the gods is bound but destined to break free at Ragnarok. Kosche? Nothing is a coincidence. Nothing. She's re- laying it out say, in front I'm, of us. I'm
0: reading about the cross, Gosforth Cross, or whatever. Huh. The cross shows scenes described in the poetic Edda. Those included images identified as Loki bound with his wife Saigon protecting him, the god Hymdaller holding his horn, horn. Uh huh. No, I heard you. The god, <laughs> Viowar tearing the jar- jaws of Fenrir. Uh huh. Thor's failed attempt to catch. The big J word, the midgard serpent. When he's fishing for it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Norse mythology, Ragnarok, the death of Baldir, mm-hmm. with Christian beliefs, the apocalypse, and the crucifixion of Christ. Among the parallels is Loki being bound, <laughs> is allegorical for Satan being bound. The death of Baldir accompanied by Hod and Nana interchangeable with Christ's death as witnessed by longinius and mary magdalene and the battle odin has with Suter, similar to how christ ultimately conquers the devil another is how the base of the cross has a tree-like design looking like bark is possible parallel between the tree of life
1: so what's at the top of uh flame and shadow that i just talked about that there looks like vines with leaves it could very well be the tree of life the tree of life because if you look down at the bottom by her it almost looks like roots or more vegetation it almost looks like that she is coming out of a trunk of a tree on the front of this because literally at the bottom is the roots and then at the top it starts coming out and it's it looks like it, it's a, just a pillar it looks like a pillar but it could be the trunk
0: of a tree the part of the engraving on this cross, engraving of the cross showing Finrir and Heimdallr.
1: Your guess is as good as mine on how to pronounce that.
0: It's, it's spelled different in different places. It's H-E-I-M-D-A-L-R. And then over here, there's no R on the end. Norse mythology, Heimdall is a god. He is the son of Odin and nine mothers. Heimdall watches for invaders in the onset of Ragnarok from his dwelling. Okay, but the picture is a person battling a serpent with two heads. I'm not fucking kidding.
1: Get the fuck out of
0: my face. I can't. No,
1: it's not. I mean, it is, but it's like.
0: This is literally unbelievable what she has done with all of this.
1: I would say that we went down a rabbit hole, but it would be more appropriate for me to say we went down a snake hole because this is, it's literally telling us, and I hate to do this, it's literally telling us that Hunt is going to battle the serpent and he is going to die. But then if we also take it again, it's a hill I will stand on until I am proven. Resurrected. Other, he if will it, be
0: resurrected. I was going to say, if this thing symbolizes Ragnarok, Thor fighting the serpent, he conquers death, just like Jesus conquers death. And he's Hunt resurrected has so much three days Jesus later.
1: Symbolism. Everybody's been, look at me. Every, Do you know what the tree of life is? Everyone's been doing stuff for three days, Liv. What happens after three days? They've been fighting battles for three days. Jesus is resurrected after three days. He will be the next, Hunt battling the serpent will be the next... Three days
0: of a battle. Do you know what the tree of life is? I didn't.
1: Enlighten me. I feel like I do, but I want you to tell me.
0: The tree of knowledge connects the heaven and the underworld. The tree of life connecting all forms of creation are both forms of the world tree or cosmic tree and are portrayed in various religions and philosophy as the same tree. Various trees of life are accounted in folklore, culture, and fiction, often relating to immortality and fertility essentially typical imagery preserve, preserved preserved an ancient iconograph iconic iconography i don't know how you say that is that of two symmetrical figures facing each other with a tree standing in the middle the two characters may variously represent rulers gods and even a deity and human follower essentially i'm just freaking out about the tell me there's not like goats or some shit on here on the flame and shadow cover the tree of life has like Animals climbing up the side. We have a pegasus. I know that I'm completely unhinged at this point. You know how it kind of looks like this person on the cover has horns? Yeah. On both sides of their head, there's like very similar horn looking things going up? Yeah. In pairs? Yes. The fuck is that? Also coming out of the cheeks, what is that? Right.
1: So it comes out of the forehead. It comes out almost where there's the swirls. That are in the portals, and but then it, the swirl, but then it goes up, and then it gives you a set of horns, and then there's almost like a set of horns that comes off, almost like deer, off the top. And yes, I know I just said, like like a deer, like deer. The tree of life
0: has two horned animals on both sides.
1: Olivia, shut up.
0: tree of life first appears in genesis 2 9 and three twenty two through 24 as the source of eternal life in the garden of eden from which access is revoked when man is driven from the garden it then reappears in the last book of the bible the book of revelation the most predominantly in the last chapter of that book chapter 22 as a part of the new garden of paradise access is then no longer forbidden for those who wash their robes or as a textual variant in the king james version has it they do as his commandments. They have the right to the tree of life. The tree of life is promised as a reward to those who overcome. Revelation 22 begins with a reference to the pure river of water of life, which proceeds out of the throne of God. The river seems to feed two trees of life, one on either side of the river, which bear 12 manner of fruits. And the leaves of the trees were for healing of the nations. I'm just going to say that if they're granted access could that not be like symbolism for the better place that a place that you can be together, a place that all these people are trying to get to.
1: Yeah. Because I mean, if you think about it, Danica was in search of a place that her and Maxine could be together, a better place that they could be together. So why would this not align as that? So then that completely closes the circle of what Danica was trying to do mm-hmm.
0: in Norse mythology, the apples from Iowans ash box provide immortality for the gods. That's talking about like the forbidden fruit. Essentially. Yeah. She's not being covered by any of those leaves. Is she? Mm-hmm.
1: Leaf fur, mostly fur. And then she has the word marks down her arm. I mean, there is a, if you look on the left side of her, there is a leaf and then basically her torso is vegetation like the roots but then there's also a leaf down there there is a there's additional leaf at the bottom it almost looks like roots or twigs i mean essentially yes she is being covered also the
0: snake is shedding its skin cherubim with a flaming sword were placed at the east of the garden to keep adam and eve out in jewish belief interesting
1: can we also talk about that when a snake sheds its skin that it is also just a sign of rebirth okay we have fully broken that apart and i think that i think we've done a pretty damn good job of that today so definitely go and just look through the flame and shadow cover see if there's anything on it that we have missed i will never sleep again we will never sleep again the scary things that we have seen but rate review and subscribe on your favorite platform follow the show on instagram and the TikTok talk at a quarter theories follow us on our personal pages send your unhinged theories or whatever you found on the cover of flame and shadow to us at a quarter theories at gmail.com Become a patron by paying your spring tithe on Patreon for exclusive content and fun goodies. Hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for being here. Love you. Bye. Bye.